Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I wanna confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. New bombshell testimony from Hillary Clinton's former campaign manager, Robbie Mook, who claimed under oath this past Friday that Clinton personally approved plans to leak uncorroborated allegations, bullcrap, about Donald Trump tying him to Russia in the media. Nobody's surprised by this, but now it's on the record. Now we know the truth. We'll take a look at this bombshell moment here about the false Russia collusion allegation in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold On, I'm Buck Sexton. We knew it, but now we know it, right? Now it's proven. Now we actually have them on the record. And this is getting us to the final stages, I think, of the Russia collusion lie and the unraveling thereof, because folks, this was atrocious from the beginning. 
They pretended that Donald Trump, then the sitting president, and before that, the Trump campaign, somehow worked with Russia to steal the election. And this was madness all along. It didn't make sense. Well, it turns out that, of course it didn't make sense. It was all a giant fabrication. Here is Robbie Mook, who was Hillary's campaign manager. This is what he said under oath in court on Friday. I discussed it with Hillary as well. I don't remember the substance of the conversation, but notionally the discussion was, hey, we have this and we want to share it with the reporter. She agreed. This was the Russia collusion story. This was putting it out there in the press that Donald Trump worked with Russia to steal the election, which was just such a crazy and outlandish idea all along. But as we know, the deep state also mobilized on this. Pro-Hillary elements from the FBI and the Department of Justice decided that they would also get in on this lie. And in fact, in some of their FISA applications, remember that, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act that they were using to look at Trump, uh, some Trump staffers, they actually cited, the FBI cited some of the very news stories that relied on the lies directly from the Hillary campaign. The Hillary campaign paid for, through a, a lawyer, the dossier, and the dossier was the primary basis for the FISA investigation. So this was oppo research lies, oppo research smears from this lady, Hillary Clinton, was used not only to try to destroy uh, Donald Trump uh, before the actual election could happen, but then afterwards, with the addition of the special counsel, was used in essence as a kind of internal uh, soft coup effort from within the government itself to oust Trump as some kind of payback because this woman, Hillary Clinton, didn't win. These, this is all on, on the record, folks. This is all based on the facts. We've had to wait years to unravel all of this, but we see it for what it is. The truth has finally come out, and Hillary's dirty tricks even dirtier than anybody could have anticipated before all this. Here's a tweet from 2016, just a few days before the election, by the way, from Hillary Clinton herself. Computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based bank. Now, let's understand this. That was a complete and utter lie. A total lie. But... The smears from Hillary shouldn't be surprising to anybody because she's uh, reckless, has no integrity, is obsessed with power, and is just an unethical person top to bottom. Here she is with a tweet from October of 2016, by the way. It's time for Trump to answer serious questions about his ties to Russia. What, what serious questions? What was she even talking about? She was the one who came up with this idea. I mean, they just conjured this up. Oh, yeah, there's some rumor out there. Rumor from where? Oh, apparently she was the rumor starter, or at least part of it. And now we finally see that it, this, this wasn't just something the campaign did. It wasn't accidental. This went all to the very top. This was the opponent of Donald Trump in the 2016 election. I know it's 2022. It's taken a while to get here. But here we are, beyond a reasonable doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the whole Russia collusion story the whole Russia collusion mobilization of the Democrats to destroy Donald Trump and his presidency was a Hillary Clinton lie. This is the Wall Street Journal writing this up over the weekend with editorial. The Clinton campaign created the Trump Alpha Bank allegation, fed it to a credulous press that failed to confirm the allegations but ran with them anyway, 
then promoted the story as if it was legitimate news. Campaign also delivered the claims to the FBI, giving journalists another excuse to portray the accusations as serious and perhaps true. So understand, this was a really big deal. This is a really big component of what happened here. It wasn't just giving the information to journalists. They also fed the information, the, the smear, to the government and acted like this was somehow fed. The government ran with this. It was the weaponization of pro-Hillary Democrat deep state elements from within the government, people that wanted to be close with the new Hillary campaign, wanted to perhaps get a promotion, and they pushed this investigation to Donald Trump. It was all a fraud. It was all a fraud. But weaponization of the deep state is unfortunately not limited to this one very egregious instance against Donald Trump. The NSBA, you will recall, they were, they're this entity that that had called, this is recent, this is under the Biden administration, this was just last year, uh, they wanted the Department of Justice to essentially tell different parents across the country who are upset about what their kids are being taught or the shutdowns of schools and who are showing up to these school board meetings. They wanted the Department of Justice to, and Merrick Garland, to take action to threaten these parents, essentially treat them like domestic terrorists, Turns out in the original draft, this just came out of that, of that NSBA letter, they called for uh, National Guard to be deployed. We asked, this was in the, an original early draft of this, we asked that the National Guard, Army National Guard and its military police be deployed to certain school districts and related events where students and school personnel have been subjected to acts and threats of violence. First of all, there, there were no acts of violence from parents, give me a break threats of violence, when someone said something mean to a teacher, or not even to a teacher, usually it's a bureaucrat, an administrator, and oh, it's so sad. They're gonna deploy the National Guard against, against parents? Remember, Merrick Garland spoke out about this and was taking this seriously. Merrick Garland was kind of telling parents across America, this is the Attorney General, folks, hey, you better watch yourself, you better not step out of line because you know, we're, we're looking at you, doing the bidding of some Democrat deep state education apparatus. I mean, this was outrageous. And they wanted it to be even worse than it was. Use of the federal government as a, and, and the prosecutorial and investigative arms of the federal government as a weapon of politics is third world, is third world stuff that could really tear the country apart. And Democrats keep doing it because they're shameless and they simply don't care. Senior counsel at the Article 3 Project, Will Chamberlain, is going to join to discuss more about this and what former President Trump had to say about this latest Russia collusion bombshell revelation. Right now, I want to talk to you about the silencer shop. If you're like me, you believe it's your right to keep and bear arms. More than 100 million Americans identify as firearm owners, and in 2021, there were more than 3 million new gun owners in the United States. Silencer Shop is the number one source for suppressors in the U.S. They're a Texas-based company founded in 2010 with a focus on outstanding customer service. Dedication to customers like you, that's one of the reasons they're ranked 4.9 out of five stars on Trustpilot. That's from over 25,000 reviews. The Silencer Shop kiosk makes the NFA process easy for your suppressor, SBR, or any NFA, National Firearms Act, item. Silencer Shop is the way to go. Check out Silencer Shop's YouTube or Instagram pages and visit silencershop.com. And by the way, if you'll be at an NRA annual meeting in Houston, May 27th and 29th, be sure to stop by their booth. Partner with Silencer Shop for the easiest way to get your suppressor today. Support for my podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. 
Their products are precision engineered tools. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with its exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BUCK at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 includes a ton of men's grooming products like the Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a bunch of other great men's hygiene products you never knew you needed, plus a travel bag to hold it all. The Lawn Mower Trimmer is the best. It's got a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and it's waterproof so no more messes on the bathroom floor. You'll also get the waterproof Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer with proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in all those delicate areas. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BUCK to unlock your confidence and always use the right tools with Manscaped. Today, the trial for Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman resumes after last week's stunning testimony exposing the extent of Hillary Clinton's 2016 smear campaign. And former President Trump is furious, rightfully so, of course. Join me now with Reaction Senior Counsel of the Article 3 Project, Will Chamberlain. Will, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I understand that there's a, a big portion of the country that wants to completely memory hole, completely forget all about the Russia collusion madness that really consumed the country for about three years before COVID. Turns out Michael Sussman, though, was doing dirty work for Hillary Clinton for her campaign. And Robbie Mook gave a pretty big, a pretty big bombshell in court. What do you make of it? Um, I mean, it's sad that we have to learn about it six years on, right? Like that's, you know, these shenanigans, Sussman certainly committed a criminal act when he lied to the FBI. Um, but the shenanigans from the Clinton campaign probably weren't criminal, but are really disturbing and really damaging to the country. So uh, it's sad that we're only learning about it six years after it happened. It would have been nice to learn about it during the Trump administration. And I'm thinking about the massive lost opportunity of, you know, instead of spending three years swallowed by the Mueller investigation and the Russia hoax, imagine if we had, you know, a, a much better attorney general from the beginning who could have shut that down and immediately gone to work on what exactly the Clinton campaign was doing, fabricating from whole cloth uh, a connection between Trump and the Ru Trump and the Russians. Also, I, I wonder, you know, how how somebody on the left would would try to respond to. It seems that this is so clearly uh, what, what Hillary did, a bad faith abuse of the system, such that it, it you know, really raises questions about what rights we do have, what rights that obviously President Trump and then the Trump campaign before that had. Because if you can just be running against somebody in politics and get a FISA warrant on them because you, you, know, because you tell somebody, hey, I think this guy's doing stuff for the Russians. Oh, let's just run FISA on them. That is what happened here. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable when you think about it. She basically told the tale and then had her little minions run that tale to the intelligence community, including the FBI, including uh, other three-letter agencies. And they were doing the bidding of the Trump campaign against the political, I mean, of the Clinton campaign against the Trump campaign, a political opponent. Yeah, the funny thing is they were they were also doing it on their own. They were asked, you know, factions in the FBI that were so that didn't need to be told to work on behalf of the Clinton campaign that were doing it just independently um, because they, they wanted to. Yeah, 
it's it's really hopefully i mean hopefully the durham you know investigation report is actually put out there and we get a blueprint for the kind of reforms that are necessary to prevent this from happening again i think that's the the logical thing we can get out of it um in addition to whatever prosecutions can be brought i'm, I'm very happy it's clear like there's you know it's sad that only sussman so far can be prosecuted it's just he just made such an obvious he committed such a clear crime, right? And there's no question that he committed it. So I think that's kind of the reason Durham is using him to tell the story of, of what the Clinton campaign was doing. Uh, but hopefully, I mean, I'm just like, okay, so what can we do about this? Well, hopefully when we take power next time, we'll have like a blueprint to solve the problem and prevent this from happening again. Here's a Donald Trump statement. You know, he's active on Truth Social these days. Pretty fun. It's like the good old days. Trump statement on uh, the Sussman trial. This is one of the greatest political st- uh, scandals in history. For three years, I had to fight her off and fight those crooked people off. Where do I get my reputation back? I think that's an entirely fair and accurate assessment from President Trump. I think it's worth reminding everybody, Will, that you know here we are a year and a half into the Biden administration, and the objections of conservatives are, you guys suck at this job, the economy is imploding, the border is a mess, crime in cities is sky, you know, sky high. It's substantive. The primary method of opposing the Trump administration for three years was the Russia collusion lie that Hillary herself was laundering through the intelligence community. Yeah, um, I mean, Trump has reason to be aggrieved. And, you know, that statement about where do I go to get my reputation back is sort of the classic answer for why we have libel laws, probably also why they need to be liberalized in this country, because while what the Clinton campaign did to President Trump may not be actionable criminally, it certainly should be actionable civilly, right? They, basic, they basically lied about the guy, they, they, and they fabricated a bunch of evidence to support the lie um, and knowingly overlooked the fact that it was meaningless in order to impugn uh, this false connection between Trump and the Russians based on what, what promotional emails that, were, that got sent to Trump Tower. It's, um, and they knew it. They knew it was nonsense too, and they went along with it anyway. Uh, it's it's you know he is he is plenty to feel wronged about, um, and it's just it's sad, really. It's just you, you feel you feel very frustrated because again, this was six years ago. The Trump already lost in 2020, so the idea of kind of actually get making Trump whole is seems very challenging. Uh, but hopefully, we can just figure out a way to stop this from happening. Do you think that this raises also just some some questions about? the special counsel uh, statute as it exists? Because, I mean, let's just take a quick review here. So the Hillary campaign basically spreads a rumor about Donald Trump, and then that rumor is the basis for a special counsel investigation of Donald Trump. Meanwhile, the sitting president right now, Joe Biden, has a son who clearly engaged in tax fraud. I mean, alleged, I know we have to say, but tax fraud, money laundering investigation, uh, foreign... Uh, foreign corrupt practices may even come into effect. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that Hunter Biden legitimately could be on the hook for here from a criminal perspective. The son of a sitting president and will no special counsel. So, I mean, if well, what's the point, right? I mean, if a special counsel can start on a, on a rumor, but not on this, why do we even have it? I mean, I think it, it, we're in a better situation than we were in the 90s, where under the independent counsel statutes, the executive branch had no supervision at all over what the FBI and DOJ were doing. And since the FBI and DOJ are generally staffed with progressives and Democrats, I think we'd much rather have a situation where 
the uh, where ultimately if we have our president in the White House, we can have some accountability for DOJ and it can't just, you know, go off and do things like the Mueller investigation again, hopefully in the future. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it, it ind indicates the problem of you're trying to create a completely independent, non-politicized justice system. And I don't think that's possible. And, and it's clear that, you know, even with something like a special counsel statute where supposedly the attorney general should be acting independently, they're just not. Um, you know, Merrick Garland should have appointed a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden months ago. He's clearly conflicted, as is the entire Biden White House. Um, this is the classic case where you'd want a special counsel. Um, since there's like clear criminal wrongdoing by a family member of the president, so you need to insulate it from political pressure. Um, much a much clearer case than for for Russiagate, and yet we're not getting one. Um, so I, I think it's almost it doesn't matter what statute you write, be it an independent counsel or a special counsel statute or whatever you want, um, until you actually staff up DOJ with conservatives, <laughs> you're not going to get the outcomes you want. Yeah, or, or also change the entire population in terms of the politics of D.C., because D.C. juries not about to uh, get justice for anybody involved in trying to tear down Trump with the Russia collusion lie. They're all a bunch of MSNBC watching, Washington Post subscribing libs, unfortunately, as you well know. Yeah, very true. I mean, it's unclear that whether a conservative could ever get a fair trial in any politically charged case here. Um, you had so many quick guilty verdicts against conservatives that were, you know, really pretty baseless. Uh, it's you know one thing that we certainly could do in the next uh, next time is that there's a way for to move these cases out of D.C. Like there really should be a federal statute, and and conservatives should try and pass something to get politically charged cases out of D.C. into somewhere, you know, from somewhere like the southern, the western district of Virginia. Sounds right. like a good place for me. Pretty close Somewhere by. else for sure. Will, good to see you, man. Thanks for the expertise. Yep. Thanks for having me. Liberal Bill Maher is questioning the spike in trans children uh, from a data perspective, and the woke left is losing its collective mind. Dean Lowe is going to join me to talk about that. But right now, let's talk about protecting your home. If you own a home, a property, here's two reasons you never want to become the victim of home title fraud. Reason number one, when a cyber criminal sneakily worms his way onto your home's title, he'll take out loan after loan using your home's equity. Then he'll vanish, leaving you to prove you didn't commit fraud. Reason number two, you could be a victim of home title fraud and not know it for months. No agency notifies you or asks you if you sold your home or added someone to the title. You'll find out when the collection calls start for those loans, which you never took out. Nobody knows more about how to help stop this crime than Home Title Lock, America's trusted leader. Here's what I urge you to do. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, read the testimonials from retired FBI agents and others, then register your home address to see if you're already a victim. When you protect your home, tell them Buck Sexton sent you for 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. Again, HomeTitleLock.com. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
Back on April 27th, the Biden administration had reported on the creation of the Disinformation Governance Board, which was to be overseen by Nina Jankowitz, Soviet Mary Poppins. Three weeks later, it is on hold, or it was on hold, I should say, until further notice, according to a report from the American Conservative, to put together a better communication strategy and create an outfit capable of achieving the plethora of goals the Biden administration set for the Disinformation Governance Board, a DHS advisory council will review the project and make recommendations in 75 days. So unfortunately, the DGB is possibly on its way back. That's right, it is not done with just yet. Joining me now to discuss, contributor at the first, Tina Lowe, Tina. Make sense of the madness. What's going on here? Hi, Buck. I mean, I guess the one good thing we can honestly say is I can't remember the last time that Twitter has done such a, such a successful job at galvanizing critics, both conservatives, obviously, but also, you know, many, many members of the more left end of the spectrum to bully someone out of a new federal job. And I mean this in a good way. Because this should be viewed as widely contemptible. Obviously, conservatives were able to latch onto it in, in, in a more organized manner because you know we have hosts and we have Fox News all willing to pillory it. But you know, the left, it's not Rachel Maddow and it's not CNN that, that were criticizing this because they are very much on the same um, disinformation war. But you did see the New Republic, and you did see the Nation of all places, were one of the uh, was one of the publications that put out one of the most scathing exposés of the fact of just how much Jenkowitz was a purveyor of disinformation. But of course, this thing will not go away quietly. Anytime the government, and especially the government under a Democrat, has a new apparatus that they can build to censor speech and further surveil American citizens, they will use it. That's been the entire raison d'etre of the entire DHS and it's you know 20 odd year history. So we have to remain vigilant. They will find someone less patently cringeworthy than Jenkowitz next, but probably someone far more insidious and probably someone a little more effective at their job. Well, you know, they announced today, Tina, that Michael Chertoff, former DHS chief, is going to be a part of the disinformation board. So this then brings us back to, okay, all fun and games about Soviet Mary Poppins aside, this is just a bad idea. Like this is not something people don't want the government to think that it should have some active policing of information role. No, and we've seen the DHS continue to overstep this mandate in the entire history of its existence. You know, you have the liberal criticism that it's a paramilitary force that that did, you know, wiretap protesters in 2020 that isn't necessarily regulated in the way that we would want border control to be effective. Just look at record border crossings under President Brandon. But then from the conservative perspective, yeah, you know, we really did launch a forever effort against a forever war in the early aughts, and we're still seeing the repercussions of this, right? So this proposed new replacement head of the board was what one of the primary authors of the Patriot Act. And I think that we've seen the Patriot Act wasn't exactly used for its original intentions. My fear, honestly, is that is that the feds and the federal government see the playbook that was used against the supposed Gretchen Whitmer kidnappers and get much more into the entrapment of of you know domestic dissenters. Because it's clear when you look at when you look at the people who've been touted for this role, 
people like Jenkowitz. It's not that they are opposed to disinformation because they pervade, you know, Russian misinformation and the Hunter Biden laptop hoax of lie. It's just that they just care about disinformation only when it goes in one way. Here is the former head of the disinformation board or short, short uh, tenured head of it, Nita Jankowicz, defending the reasoning behind its creation. Watch. This board was set up to counter real disinformation that makes Americans less safe. Things about uh, false information related to disasters, border security, our elections and other critical infrastructure like pipelines and banks. Um, so those who stand in opposition to the board, which, as the secretary said, was just an internal coordinating mechanism, something to, to make sure that we were efficient and using best practices, are standing in the way of our national security. What do you say to that? Get it, Buck, if you dissent to the idea of the federal government monitoring speech and trying to control it, you are a threat to national security. I guess I'm a threat to national security now. We're all just threats to national security. Oldest trick in the book, right? Um, with with what Jenkowitz is specifically saying here in terms of the topics that pose threats to national security, things like the border and things like elections. Yeah, oh. The census did a miscount of states. That was a very quiet news story that got dropped last week. What were the states that were overcounted the population? New York, states that were undercounted, Florida, and I think Texas. So yeah, I'm very concerned about the, about the veracity of our elections. I'm very secured about the security of our elections. But that's not what they're concerned about. They're concerned about 55 people on a QAnon messaging board and pretending like that everyone and their mother who watches Fox News at night. And so when they talk about national security, they have a very specific purpose. Remember, those of us who are COVID hawks on the right, I like to think people like me and people like Tom Cotton early on, we were accused of spreading this information when we pointed out that there was a Wuhan lab that was doing the sort of biohacking on novel coronaviruses that eventually created the current coronavirus. And that was considered disinformation. To me, I think calling that disinformation is a much bigger risk to national security than caring about 55 QAnon board members on Facebook. Switching gears, Tina, HBO's Bill Maher on his show Real Time had some strong words about what's going on now with the uh, trans community and or rather the, the trans agenda as it pertains to children and experimentation with hormones. Watch this. Because we're literally experimenting on children. Maybe that's why Sweden and Finland have stopped giving puberty blockers to kids because we just don't know much about the long-term effects. Although common sense should tell you that when you reverse the course of raging hormones, there's going to be problems. Yeah, there are problems. There are, I mean, to his point, yes, those Nordic countries that, you know, 10 years ago were trying out the gender neutral thing, realized that they went too far, why? Because they pathologized puberty which is something that's supposed to be uncomfortable. Has anyone ever been like, oh, I loved being in sixth grade and going through weird growth spurts and insert embarrassing bodily facts here? No. So, and especially you compound that confusion sown by what the left doesn't want to call groomers um, with the loneliness of COVID, especially, you know, the bluer the area, the longer the school shutdown was. So if all you are at home, you know, on Tumblr, I guess the kids use TikTok now, you know, reading about people who are saying, I'm lonely, I'm confused, I don't like my body, 
rather than realizing that's a part and parcel of growing up, uh, people are given sort of this easy solution, which is, you know, trying on a new gender identity the same way the rest of us used to try on punk outfits or, you know, um, but the main, there, there are many actual biological concerns, you know, beyond even just the surgery element, which again, I don't think we should be allowing, you know, minor teenage girls to surgically remove their breasts or perform sterilizing surgeries or, uh, therapeutics. Beyond that, there's still ample research that the puberty blockers alone will inhibit a a trans child's future ability to reach full sexual maturity and development. That's something that, you know, a child has no concept of consent for. So for all that the left loves to talk about, you know, consent between fully grown adults and everything being rape culture, we're taking away these children's prior consent for sexual pleasure in the future. And that's something that they've done no scientific research on. This is still in a very experimental phase. And, you know, I mean, if, if it took them a year to get out a vaccine for your four year old, how much work do you think they're doing on the puberty blockers? Tina, appreciate the perspective as always. Good to see you. Thanks, Buck. President Biden raising eyebrows overnight from Japan, saying the U.S. military will defend Taiwan if China invades. Hmm. Senior fellow at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, Bill Roggio, is going to join us next to discuss this gaffe from the gaffe machine. Stay with us. We've made a commitment. We support the one China policy. We report all, all that we've done in the past. But that does not mean... It does not mean that China has the ability, has the, excuse me, the, the jurisdiction to go in and use force to take over Taiwan. So we stand firmly with Japan and with other nations that not to let that happen. During a press conference with Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kushida, President Biden revealed to the world that the U.S. would indeed come to Taiwan's defense if they were invaded by China. This comment comes off as conflicting as Biden explained that he still believes in the one China policy, which states the U.S. position that the communist government in Beijing is the sole legal authority over the Asian nation and acknowledges but does not accept its claim that Taiwan is part of China. So is Biden trying to walk this back or scare China off from invading or what? Join me now to discuss senior fellow at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, our friend Bill Roggio. Bill, good to see you. Great to see you, Buck. Thanks for having me. So in the realm of national security gaffes, how do you assess this one? We've got the strategic ambiguity policy when it comes to Taiwan. Apparently, it's not so ambiguous anymore. No, it's not. This is a major gaffe. I'm told that the White House officials were basically pulling their hair off out as he was saying this. It, it, it's been the policy to not state that the U.S. would come to the defense of Taiwan in case of a China invasion. That was all to be left unsaid. But uh, President Biden really upset the apple cart here, and the Chinese government is very unhappy about this. Uh, you know, look, I, I actually agree with President Biden. I do believe we should come to the defense of, of Taiwan if China attempts to invade. I think this is a lot easier to do because it's a naval invasion. And I think we do have still have remained an edge in that area. Uh, it's it's a little more easier for us to do, say, to uh, to prevent the invasion of Ukraine. 
But you don't have to say what you're doing. Just as the Biden, President Biden, um, you know, said that we want to overthrow Putin and and didn't lead to the demise of the Russian regime. And you had uh, administration officials bragging about killing Russian generals. There's things that you say and things that you leave unsaid. And this administration doesn't know how to leave things unsaid. So what do you think Joe Biden was getting at here? I mean, you know, you're you're saying that you think it probably could do more here. But so, I mean, the, the strategic ambiguity policy, is that, is, that a, is that the way it should continue to be? I mean, I think people at some point start to say, what, are we, what is the plan with that non-plan? Yeah, it, the plan with that non-plan was to not uh, incite China, to not cause further deterioration of relations. Once you come out with that, it puts the Chinese on their back feet. It um, it forces them to become more belligerent because its policy is that Taiwan is part of China. And as soon as the United States says that it will prevent China from t- militarily taking control of Taiwan, then it creates all types of problem, internal problems within the security establishment, the political establishment inside of China. So this was this this policy of strategic ambiguity was designed to keep the tensions low. Everyone knows that China wants to take over Taiwan. Everyone knows that the US would come to the defense of Taiwan, or at least that's the unstated belief. Now that this is out in the open, it really puts relations between the United States and China. It really sets that back. So Biden goes on national television, tells the world that the US would defend Taiwan. Hours later, the White House has to come in and walk back those Biden comments. New York Post reports the White House walked them back uh, for the third time in nine months. And for the third time since August of last year, the White House walked back comments by President Biden, again, implying the U.S. would aid Taiwan if the nation came under attack from China. I mean, I think one of the reasons this is, is noteworthy is not only obviously the scale of the issue. I mean, China-Taiwan is a huge national security concern and has been for a long time. But also Joe Biden, it wasn't long ago, I remember when he was part of the Obama administration, when being a seasoned, wise, steady hand on foreign policy was supposedly his calling card. It feels like that's a tough one to make that case right now. Well, after Afghanistan, it's an extremely tough case to make. And, you know, if you're the Ukrainians, you're wondering, why isn't President Biden coming to our defense militarily? You know, why isn't the U.S. sticking its nose in? If you're the Afghans, you're going, wow, we, they abandoned us really quickly. Um, you know, the, the messaging by this administration, by President Biden himself, he does not look like a seasoned foreign policy hand. He does not look like the elder statements. Statement. He, he looks like he's fumbling and his positions, um, long established positions across multiple administrations. Um, he's really upsetting this, this balance that existed between the U.S. and, and China. And this is something that, that drives of people in foreign policy circles on both sides. It drives them crazy. Chinese government official, by the way, said that Taiwan and the U.S. are colluding against China, and they're playing with fire. Watch this one. The root cause is that the authorities in Taiwan keep pushing the independence agenda by soliciting U.S. support, and that some in the U.S. attempt to use Taiwan to contain China. They have been colluding with each other. Some people even deliberately compare Taiwan to Ukraine, despite their completely different nature. 
in an attempt to confuse public opinion and profit from the situation. This is playing with fire, and those who play with fire are bound to get burnt themselves. I just want to know, Bill,、uh, does the Chinese Communist Party see what's going on? And you speak of Ukraine and Taiwan, right? Do they see what's going on in Ukraine and say, "Oh, it turns out a pretty big nuclear power going against a neighbor that decides they want to fight could be pretty rough." Do you think that China's given this a longer look than they anticipated in terms of how Ukraine changes their thinking about Taiwan? I do think so.、Uh, I think that、uh, you know a, a quick Russian success in Ukraine would have really upped the Chinese military's desires, or it would have really reinforced their desires. Maybe this is something we could do, particularly if the West did nothing. So the fact that the West backed Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukrainian military was able to withstand the assault on Kiev and is is holding the Russians at bay, even though the Russians still have taken significant ground there. They did not have the success that they had wanted. The Chinese have to think through because they have developed weapons systems, they have developed tactics and strategies, but they haven't put any of this to the test. And this is what they what they're looking at. What the, what's happening in Ukraine is the Russians thought they had everything together. They thought they had all of the advantages, but the proof is in the pudding. And you know, going thinking about it, planning it, and and building your weapon systems is one thing, and executing that plan is is quite the other. So certainly, the、uh, the Chinese are having having pause about maybe doing something rash in Taiwan. But one thing with that the, that spokesman statement from the Chinese government. That's exactly the response I would have expected from the Chinese. They they are going. It's 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 going to make negotiations with with the Chinese and relations with the Chinese all the more difficult. And when you're dealing with nuclear powers, you really need to be careful about what you say. And this is something the Biden administration hasn't done. Bill, always appreciate seeing you, buddy. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Buck. Always a pleasure. All right, coming up, we have Whoopi Goldberg doing everything she can to defend Nancy Pelosi. We'll get into that story in quick hits, but first, I want to talk to you about protecting your online data. Big tech is taking advantage of us. They're mining our data, remining it, selling it, and guess what? We don't benefit from that at all. And they can also count their money and abuse your privacy, and nothing happens to them, right? So, if you think your emails, texts, and messages are private and safe from hackers, governments, two-faced, profit-hungry big tech, think again. That's where Secure comes in. Secure's email platform is 100% private. It's Swiss-hosted. They use their own servers in Switzerland. They have no ties to American big tech. Completely private when you use Secure. This is the way to go. Their security and privacy is unmatched. There's a reason Secure has built their company the way they have, so they can help make a stand for our privacy against the big tech monopolies. Because that's what's necessary if you want privacy and security. Look, use my discount code Buck, and Secure will only cost you seven dollars and fifty cents a month for full access. That's nothing. Go to Secure.com today. Create your secure email address and account. Use promo code Buck for twenty five percent off for a whole year. That's secure dot com. Secure dot com. S e k u r dot com. Promo code Buck. We'll be right back with quick hits. Monkeypox is making its way around the world, and the federal government is investing in carbon dioxide reduction because these people are insane. When you hear about what they're doing, you're going to say. You gotta be kidding me! It's time for quick hits. Let's get to it. First of all, carbon removal technologies is getting a 3.5 billion dollar federal investment. The federal government is investing in machines that get this suck giant amounts of carbon dioxide out of the air, 
in the hopes of reducing damage from climate change. I thought this was what trees did. But anyway, the Department of Energy said Thursday it will release $3.5 billion to groups developing direct air capture and other technologies that will remove carbon dioxide, which when released in the atmosphere causes global warming. Does anyone think that this is going to have a real impact on CO2 emissions in the air? Does, is anyone really that dumb? I'm just wondering. Think about how many of these things. that This is going to be like wind farms. Oh, we're going to... We're going to power the whole country with wind farms. Well, not really. I mean, we're probably about 100 years away from that. It would be catastrophically expensive and stupid to try. But hey, let's just set up giant carbon dioxide capture machines everywhere. You know, that's going to be great. What's going to power those, by the way? Electricity. What is, what, what is electricity usually required to actually make it? These, oh, that's, oh, that's right. CO2 emissions, part of that process. But they don't even think this stuff through. It doesn't even matter. It's a religion for them. So it's all absurd. Uh, there's a new medical issue to be worried about right now. But not really, because for most people, this is just not a problem. I mean, it's, there's only a handful of cases. With the spread of monkeypox, though, going around the world now, Belgium is going to be the first country to introduce a mandatory monkeypox quarantine as global cases rise. Uh, monkeypox spreads kind of like the way, uh, well, smallpox used to spread similar, to, similar disease, not nearly as dangerous as that. Um, spread similar, similarly to uh, what herpes does, for example. You know, it's touching things. And so this is not aerosolized. It's not, you know, you walk past someone and they've been breathing in the air, you're going to get monkeypox. Everybody needs to calm down. But as we understand it uh, right now, there is a tendency to health panic right away from Democrats out there uh, who have pushed all this stuff. So People have this need that they think they have to fill, this psychological need for, oh my gosh, there's another terrible, terrifying health thing out there, and now maybe we're all going to mask up, because they're actually saying maybe you should mask up for monkeypox, which is insane. Masking up for COVID is insane. Masking up for monkeypox is bonkers on a level that I can't even describe, but people are already saying, oh, that's what we're going to do. Outrageous. But this is what we're up against, folks, because they haven't had, here's the problem, they haven't had to admit with all the COVID stuff that they're wrong. They were wrong all along. They haven't had to admit that, and so that's why they're going to keep pushing stuff and keep pretending like they have all this credibility to throw around, which they don't. Nancy Pelosi likes to talk about what a good Catholic she is, which is appalling to anybody who's actually a believing Catholic and thinks that the doctrine of the Catholic Church matters. Same thing with Joe Biden, by the way. These people are um, doing everything in their power in public life to destroy uh, core church teachings, particularly on the issue of life, something that's really important. And Nancy Pelosi was told, or rather publicly, the Archbishop of San Francisco said, Pelosi's not allowed to get communion. Sorry. Pelosi's got some thinking to do about her abortion always and for any reason whatsoever for women. I mean, Pelosi's an abortion fanatic in public life as a very powerful person. Well, Whoopi Goldberg is out there trying to defend Nancy Pelosi because, you know, if you're going to talk about church doctrine, Whoopi Goldberg, she knows a lot. Watch. The abortion rights battle is starting to blur the lines between church and state. The Archbishop of San Francisco mm, is calling for Speaker Nancy Pelosi to be denied receiving communion because of her pro-choice stance. He's one of the priests who also called for President Biden to be denied sacrament. This is not your job, dude. <laughs> that is not, you can't, that is not up to you to make that decision. No, it actually is up to him, and it is his job. Uh, speaking of whose job it is, our commander-in-chief was arriving off a plane by himself wearing a mask and then proceeded to, check this out, remove his mask when he gets within a foot of the people that he is meeting with. This is the science! The science! 
these morons running around telling you, oh, I believe in the science. No, they don't know anything. They're idiots. Joe Biden is a jackass, okay? He's wearing a mask. When he's walking off the plane, he walks up to people and takes the mask off. I, you know, you have to wonder, I mean, what, you know, does, does Joe Biden think before uh, what, you know, I, I, you know what? It's so dumb, it's not even worth it anymore. But I'd just like to show you that these people, they think that they're really smart and they believe in the science. They're not. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is next. Shields High. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedom only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes. The families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.